Hello, good morning, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast, special Gold Cup edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. We are broadcasting live today from downtown, or as they say here, uptown, Charlotte, North Carolina, just steps away, well, about a thousand steps away from Bank of America Stadium, site of Mexico's third and last group stage game between Mexico and Martinique where Mexico escapes with a 3-2 victory against the boys in blue from tiny little Martinique, a country island so small that the coach couldn't even schedule friendlies. They had one week to prepare for the Gold Cup and end up giving Mexico a uh, fairly competitive match here in Charlotte, North Carolina, in front of about 60,000 fans who attended the game at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us. We have a lot of stuff to get to. We only have an hour to do a show tonight, but we hopefully we'll get to uh, some audio and some other things. Joining me from California is Joel Aceves from Irvine, California. Joel, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, John. Doing good. Um, yeah, lots of questions have arisen from this result. We expected, uh, you know, when we say caminando, for the walk to be smooth. Right. And there was a few bumps in that road. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, that uh, we didn't hear from our, 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 our resident whippersnapper, <sighs> Mr. Mr. Jaime Landeros, who uh, uh, has, has uh, you know... It was, was convinced that Mexico was going to win every game 7-0. <laughs> as we all know, that is that is not the case. It was a 3-2 win for Mexico. They uh, did not uh, start off as, as well as one would hope today uh, against Martinique. It took them about about a good 30 minutes to even generate a chance on goal. They did get one right before halftime. Uh, a 1-0 uh, halftime score goal by uh, Uriel Antuna. And then Martinique... Uh, Got a, a really good free kick goal to equalize things in, in, in the second half. And then Raul Jimenez, not two minutes later, was able to uh, get him up 2-1. And then uh, Mr. Navarro was able to get it up 3-1. And then uh, Martinique got, got a second one. And, uh, and, and and the person who was most displeased Joel, about, about the entire affair was uh, Tata Martino. And if you don't mind, I actually will go ahead and play what he had to say to start off the uh, press, uh, his uh, presser. So uh, stand by, let's see. Eh, no, no, evidentemente no estoy contento porque eh, en un partido donde tenemos el 70% de, de posesión y donde hacemos entre 12 y 15 situaciones de gol, este, no podemos tener las distracciones que estuvimos en el partido de hoy y concederle al rival dos goles. Con lo cual, más allá del triunfo, que siempre es satisfactorio, no, no me genera felicidad. So, there you go. Right, the, the very first question. Tata Martino was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy. I'm not, I don't like the way that the team, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, was, was kind of sleepwalking in the game. They, they uh, probably should have done better. And, you know, and, and, and what we talked about, Joel, after, after that first game against Cuba where they weren't being cute, they were just, you know, just doing what they needed to do. They were trying to be cute tonight. And uh, every, every, every time, and especially against lesser opponents when Mexico starts to do that, 
they uh, they run into trouble, and they did they did again tonight. I mean, we you and I have been watching Mexico long enough to know how to, we, we 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 see the signs, and uh, tonight those signs were uh, were, were very prevalent. Yeah, uh, that was one of the goals against Canada with Araujo trying to do fancy footwork, only to lose it. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm not. You could do that, but once. Wait till you have at least a three-goal lead, <laughs> a three-four goal lead, and and you're completely dominating the other team. Um, but yeah, it seems team. Uh, not sure if they've been a bit overconfident, just because seven straight wins now, and all, all of them have have had the team scoring three goals. Yes. So they're averaging um, about four goals a game in the in in the Tata Martino era, uh, as it has started. Yeah, so I mean, it's a good problem to have, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, compared to the problems you could have, you know, with um, broken locker room, uh, injuries, and whatnot. This one should be one that I think he could nip in the butt with, um, you know, just just. Get on the case of players just being overconfident or or undermining their opponents. Right. It was it was actually one of the I actually got to ask uh, Cesar Montes and I, and I don't uh, I wish I could find the audio just because it's, it's kind of hard to dig through it right now. But uh, but I did ask him about that. I, I said you know Tata mentioned that that distractions were a problem tonight. I said well you know what you know what, what can y'all do to avoid that he said he said he said we absolutely have to avoid this is because you know you know at this point there's no margin for error at all because you know you're you're now in the knockout stage of the tournament and he said but you know but but luckily for us he said a lot of the the the, the, the errors that we, we committed tonight are, are things that are that are that are very correctable and he says that that, that is something that, that we'll you know they have they have a week before their next game they're not playing again until saturday and they actually have a few days off here in Charlotte, so they are going to be training for a couple of days in Charlotte before they before they train uh, before they move over to Houston uh, before their first match uh, there at uh, or their quarterfinal match at Reliance Stadium, which I'm assuming will be against ID. It could be it could be Costa Rica, but in all likelihood, it's going to be ID, and, uh, and I don't think it could be anybody else. And uh, so yeah, so Mexico does, certainly has uh, you know as 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 I point out, they they have no margin for error. And, uh, and 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 Tata, I mean, he brought. I swear, he said the word distraction. You know, at, at least at least fifty times in the press conference. So it was it was very apparent to him. And and uh, you know, this is something that we've seen in the past uh, many 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 times, especially against a team of lower quality. When Mexico, I'm going to say that they're bored, but but they think that they're just so much better than everybody else, and uh, they just. Uh, for whatever reason, just are, are, I have a lot of low energy in, in games like this. And then, like we said, they try to get a little, a little too cutesy with some pad, like, you know, especially there when it was three, two, they had a couple of chances to just put the game away to make it, you know, four, one, five, one. And it even said, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what was going on in front of goal, but, but we had chances and we didn't put them away. And so he was, uh, you know, he was, he was satisfied with the wind, not satisfied with, with how the, how the team uh, comported itself, especially there in the in the, in the second stage of the of the second half, just a lot of uh, uh, loose balls. Uh, you know, the hustle wasn't there, Joel, that, that we'd seen in the past. And Mexico was coasting, and they, you know, again, you know, they still won. It's not like you know the, you know, we don't have to uh, we don't have to play the uh, the the sirens just yet. 
but uh, they're they're probably going to get one more one more gimme uh, against uh, against against Haiti, and then and then it's going to get real because they'll probably play either Costa Rica or even Canada again. And frankly, Canada is is a team that that, that has gotten better at each game of the tournament. And even though they lost to Mexico three uh, one, you know they 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 looked real. I mean, again, I think anybody would look good against. I think you and I, Hoyle, would probably would have scored four or five against Cuba today. It was it was it was. <laughs> It was it, it was rough. It was it was rough for the Cubans today. Well, they, go ahead. Well, for the Cubans, a uh, couple of their players deflected. Um, right, about five of them left. Yeah, they were down to four outfield players. So, so uh, and two, <laughs> two goalkeepers. I mean, their their bench goal looked like. I mean, it, it looked like two a.m. At, at at the bar when everyone you know the only ones that are left are the ones that haven't been picked. <laughs> Yeah, at that point they should just like open, like uh, you know, open call. They should just allow them to, to get maybe people from the crowd, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. If you're in seat ten, come on uh, down, row E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honorary Cuban for the for the day. Okay, we're not, man. Um, but yeah, I I, I mean. You have to imagine what what a lot of those players must be feeling, and and even thinking like you know maybe I should also leave. <laughs> Making it on the yeah, it's 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 been one of Cuba's biggest downfalls. Every every cool. Gold Cup man, they lose <laughs> about half the squad, and I, and I'm surprised that Cuba hasn't said you know what we're just not going to participate no more. Uh, you know, so I think that's kind of cool on their behalf. Right. I mean, you know, this is, you know, at least the third one that I know of where they've, you know, lose four or five guys that, 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 that defect, you know, that, that, that leave the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the compound. And I mean, <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm just thinking how, you know, you're playing as a kid and, and you're playing the cascaritas and, and, you're dreaming of one day playing like in Liga IMX or, or going to Europe or playing the World Cup. But I think if you're Cuban, you're playing Cascarita. You, you hope you just make the national team to play a Gold Cup just so you could, you know, you, just so you could leave to the U.S. That's right. That's that's right. <laughs> oh, man, that's ouch. Ouch. Yeah, I wonder what the Cuban team would be like. Uh you know, if they didn't have so many problems back home and and they could concentrate on just the sport. No, I mean you're. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, the 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 coach uh, uh, Raúl, whose last name is escaping me at the moment, you know, talked about that. He said, you know, we're said, you know, it's not like we're not getting support. He said, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, he's not going to say anything other than the company line. Uh, you know, with it being Cuban all, but uh, you know, he's, he's you know we have we have you know players that are now playing abroad. You know, they're gonna have a few guys that are gonna be playing in Costa Rica now. We've got a, a couple players, a player that's gonna be that's gonna be playing in the Premier League. He said it's only gonna get better. He said it's just, uh, you know, he says we just need, uh, you know, we, we we need to you know to to do better in these tournaments so that we can get, you know, you know better moving forward. But I mean, the, the problem for Cuba is that every time that, like you said, that there's a, you know, if, if the Gold Cup's in the U.S. and they'll start with 23 players, they'll end up, they'll end up with 16. And I, and I promise you, there'll be a couple more guys that that leave before before, before <laughs> the plane goes back. Yeah, they, they're gonna get lost on the way to the airport. Right. 
They're gonna start at the. They're gonna stop at the Denny's and, you know, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and that's it. They don't come back. I, I was at um, Denny's this morning here when I when I when I landed in Charlotte, and uh, you know, I was I was expecting to see a couple of uh, of uh, a couple of Cuban players. You know, just already just, working, already working. That's right. Just 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 popping <laughs> in. One of them taking your order or the washing dishes in the back. No, it was it was. You know, I was just, you know, just expecting them to, uh, you know, to to to, to, to break through. No, yeah, so uh so so Canada wins at seven zero. They they are second in the group. Uh you know, had Mexico lost that match, which I'm not saying it would have happened, but 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 had they had they lost, then uh Canada would have would have would have would have won the group because they would have had the better goal differential, regardless of, of what the score was in Mexico's you know, how Mexico would have lost. It would have been Canada that had gone first, and that would have been uh, that would have been that would have been very interesting. But uh, you know, tonight Hoed, I mean I think I mean if I think of uh you know, you know how how the team played. I, you know, to me, the, the the biggest difference between tonight and what we'd seen in the past, uh, at least a couple of games, aside from the fact that they were you know trying that hot dogging a little a little too much, was that Guardado uh, and and, and uh, Rodriguez did not play as well as they had previously. That that, that and also the winger, uh, at least Viejo uh, Alvarado, did not have his best game. Now Raúl Jiménez, on the other hand, I thought played superbly. I thought he was he was clearly. And 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 superlatively Mexico's best player. There's no question. What about Orozco? I'm hearing some criticism on that first goal. Well, uh, you know the the shot was on his post, but I mean it was a great shot. I mean the guy put it in the you know it it, it, it wasn't as bad as uh, as Jesus Corona watching uh, you know Pilos ball go. Go past him as as he as he's jumping to not save it. It wasn't that bad, but it, it was it was just a great shot. It was it was a, it was a great great shot. Now could 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 another goalie have done something better? Probably, you know who knows. But the worst part for me was was that was that the foul was uh, was 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 a terror was just not a good call. And and, and I think that was another thing that uh, that um, Tata that Tata talked about it at the very end. He said, uh, you know. My, my my big complaint with referees is and, and refereeing in this tournament it says referees are not there to balance things out. It says they are there to lay down the law to to, to impose justice. And he said, you know, I, I, and, and 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 a lot of those calls tonight. It says in my he says in my opinion, we're trying to to, to balance things out. He said, and that that is not what what refereeing is about. Refereeing is about interpreting the laws of the game and making sure that justice is served. And in that sense, he's right. I mean, there were a couple of and frankly, there were a couple of plays that the players that 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 that, uh, that some fouls that Martin Martinique made that I mean, how on earth they weren't yellow cards was just was just beyond me. I mean, and 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 if you're not going to get a yellow for that, that sends a message to Martinique that hey, we can be pretty rough with these guys, and this ref's not going to care. And we saw a lot of that tonight. And then you know, uh, you know, Andres Guardado barely touches a guy, and he gets a yellow. I mean, it just it was like you got to be kidding me. So I mean, there, there was some definite. Uh, now I'm not going to go all America on, on the referees. You know, I would I, I would refuse. I just I, I you know refereed as part of the game, but I, but I kind of understand where 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 where, where Tata's coming from in that sense that that uh, you know the, the refereeing uh, tonight I think I think could have been better, and uh, you know it put Mexico in, in, in some, uh, some pretty tough uh, some pretty tough positions. But uh, you know, like I said, you know this is the first time since 2011 Joel, that Mexico has won all three games in in, in the group stage, which is frankly is just shocking. That uh, <laughs> the the that's what's happened, but but that is what's happened. 
Well, it's gonna sound like Norberto Longo there, excuse me. <laughs> what's what's on the what's on tap there? I am having Your... a, I am having a post game makers and coke. Oh, nice! Yeah, to rake the mini fridge. Uh, no, I went uh, I, when I came into the hotel. The, the bar was sloping downstairs, and uh, I had the girl uh, make me a, a single makers and a pint glass. Oh, so well, no, not just single. I mean, not you know, so I could have you know. Oh, so you could you could have the ice. Drink drink it a little easier than than you know. Have you a, mean you a pint of makers? No, 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 no. The glass, <laughs> the glass was a pint. Yeah, she gave me a single. She gave me a single. Can we? Give me a coke. Give me a pint of makers and a funnel. No, I, I I would pass out if I if I did something like that. Pass out. Now, Joel, uh, the other thing I want to talk about tonight is Canada because I, I I came away extremely and we'll, we'll talk about this again later in the week. But I came away extremely impressed with the not just I mean I, again you know it, it's hard to judge a team when they play against a team like like like, like the way with like the way Cuba. You know, it reminded me Joel of when Mexico played IT in in the Preolimpico. And it was just, you know, every thirty seconds was a jailbreak, you know, five on one. Of course, Canada was actually scoring these. Mexico could not score when when when, when they were doing it. But uh but 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 the coach uh and this is me I'm gonna be have to figure this out again, but the the, the coach was really impressive. Canadian coach, huh? Yeah. He's, he's, well, he's an English gentleman. Who who do you yeah, I haven't kept well with um with the rest of the games. Um who would they be facing? Well Canada will be facing uh in all likelihood Honduras. Oh, okay. Accessible rival I'm sorry, for that? Not Honduras, uh, Costa Rica. I was about to say I'm surprised they they even made it out. Um no, yeah, because no, no, Honduras, you're... Honduras has been eliminated. They are no... Yes, yes, but uh, they lost against uh, one team you've been very bullish about. That's right, Curaçao. That's right, Curaçao yeah, finally got there. Not only their first goal in the, in the Gold Cup, but they got their first win. But we'll talk about, yes. we'll about Curaçao here in a second. And, no, and, but Canada, John Herdman is, is the gentleman's name. He's an Englishman. And and, and, and what, what impressed me, Joel, was that, that Canada, and I, and I think more so than... than Maybe not as much Mexico because I because I do think that 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 Tata is uh, is is would probably be on board to do the eight year plan. I don't see an eight year plan at all from the U.S. and can, especially considering that they're going to be hosting you know ninety percent of the games in the twenty twenty six World Cup. But Canada has an eight year plan with this gentleman. I think that Mexico is probably going to have an eight year plan with Tata, provided that uh, you know if Tata can clear this first hurdle, then I think that he he's here to stay. And, uh, but, uh, but the, the way that, they, I mean, he, the way he's talking about, you know, he's gone to all the MLS teams. He's, he said, he's talked to every, every U15 player that Canada has. He's gone to the, you know, the lower leagues. I mean, he's really doing his due diligence to make sure that, uh, that, that he knows every possible player over the next eight years that that can contribute. And the other thing I like about him, Joel, is that he said, I like young players. I like playing young players. I think young players, they bring a lot more energy and enthusiasm to the game. And I would be, um, I would have to think that I think that, that, uh, that, 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 that is a little of the same way. 
And I think that that's one of the reasons why I don't think that was all that broken up about not having Chicharito and uh, Hector Herrera and, and some of the other players. I I, th- I think Tata understands that, you know, sometimes having the, I mean, th- think of Mexico in 2011 when they had Giovanni and Vela and Chicharito and all those guys that were, you know, just on the other side of 20, you know, they're like, you know, no, no older than 22 and how, how unbelievably talented that team was and how strong they were and how, how good they looked. Uh, again, I'm not comparing Canada to that team, but but I think that you know the the point is 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 it you know when you have a a young team like that and if they play well, then then it's uh, it's very contagious and then they're doing very well. So I you know like we mentioned last week, and I know that uh, you know Chiki's you know who likes to rain on everyone's parade, you know it thinks you know that that we're for whatever reason you know we're 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 we're, we're too bullish on Canada. I, I think Canada has a really good chance, Joel. Of making the hex, I think they have a really good chance of making the 2022 World Cup, just because Honduras is nowhere near at the level they were. Panama is not going to be there. TNT is not going to be there. So those are three yeah. countries that were in the hex that are not going to be probably not. Yeah, and up. and as pre-hex rivals, I mean, you could probably get like El Salvador, or Guatemala, and even those teams aren't as strong as they can be. I know Salvador is rebuilding. Uh, again, I'm not even sure where Watt is at because, uh, you yeah, know, they, they, they didn't make the they, goal. They, they've, they've been suffering setbacks. Yep. So, I mean, the time is now for them to take advantage of all that. And uh, they're, they're definitely preparing well. And having played Mexico and now facing Costa Rica, I mean, what more would you have wanted from this tournament aside from winning it? But, I mean, to play already two of the three strongest teams from the region, the, the, right. the more dominant ones, is, is, is good for, you know, just to see, to test to test your team and, and see how well they are. Right. So I think uh, they're, they're going to come out with a lot. Like, even if they were to lose, I think they're, they're still benefiting. And I'll tell you, if, if Mexico uh, makes it to the semifinals and they play Canada again, that's not going to be an easy match at all. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be very difficult. In fact, I would almost say that playing Canada, just because they played them, you know, once before, would be a tougher out than, than Costa Rica in, in the semifinal, just because you, you'd seen them, you know, two weeks before. So I do think that that, that, that that is definitely an advantage that Canada would have if they somehow managed to make it to the semifinals, and then Mexico does, Mexico does as uh as well, so uh, like I said, I think that Canada has a has a really good chance of uh, you know beyond this tournament, and and it looks like they have you know and, and this guy uh, you know the coach John Herdman he uh, he just has a you know he has a really good outlook on on the situation, and I think that he uh, you know he he doesn't want to be uh, you know the the guy that that, that kind of trashes what his predecessors have done. But it's but it's pretty obvious that that he has a a completely different mindset and, and culture with what uh, with what well, you know how how where and how Canadian soccer should be and how it should evolve, and I think it's gonna in the long run be be very beneficial to the Canadians. I think that they're gonna you know they they've been a I'm gonna say a sleeping giant, but but they've been a team that that, that should be better in 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 Concacaf. Uh, they have they have they haven't made even the hex they haven't made a hex hoil since was it 1998 
I mean, it, it's been a long time. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're due. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they've been, they're serious now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So hopefully, uh, you know, I mean, like, 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 like we've mentioned in the past, it's, uh, you know, the, the, this, this region is only going to get stronger and, uh, you know, I think, you know, and, and just in this, I had the, the Football Picante crew behind me uh, for the uh, for, for the match. And uh, it was uh, it was Jared and, uh, and Paco de Anda uh, sitting behind me in the press box. And they were very impressed with uh, with, with Martinique. They, uh, they, said, they don't look like an amateur side at all. They said, you know, they obviously have some, you know, a couple of... Well, Martinique is... Uh... From France, right? Is there a colony former? Yeah, it's, or? it's a French satellite. I'm not sure if they're still a colony, but uh, you know, there's certainly, uh, you know, a, 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 a francophone country for sure. I can't remember if they're if they're a colony or not. But you know, they have, had a few players that, uh, you know, that that, that that play abroad. Yeah, no, but it's sort of like uh, I say, what the Dutch colony is it Suriname? No, well, well, Curacao is is a Dutch colony, and Suriname is as well. You know, Ruud Hullet was born in. Yeah, it. exactly. But yeah, Suriname has had a, some great players come out of that throughout the years, and because sometimes you have former players that go and they retire over there, and it'll be interesting to see if they work as coaches or they set up coaching schools or whatnot. Right, well, that that year that Guadeloupe made the uh, the semifinals in the Gold Cup, and people like Rafa Ramos, I remember, were expecting Guadeloupe to beat Mexico in the semifinals. A lot of the, you know, Thierry Henry was born in Guadeloupe. You know, they had they had a couple of former uh, like night for nineteen ninety eight World Cup players on that on that Guadeloupe. I mean, Guadeloupe was not a, you know, they they weren't an amateur team by any means. I mean, they they were they were they were, you know, that's why I was so. You know when French Guyana when they when they played when when Maluda played for them, and they were disqualified. I was like, oh, Kakaf, enough. You know, I mean, just you know, get over yourselves. You know, I know he played for France, but he was born in French Guyana. It's you know, you know, let him, you know, let him have his moment. With, uh, with uh, not for an official tournament though, John. Sorry, I might have to. Well, I, I mean, to... well, why is it that they allowed it before and they don't allow it now? I mean, I mean, French, French, and besides French Guyana is not even recognized by FIFA. So, oh well, then that's yeah. If they're not recognized, but they're recognized. Yeah. Then you know the way I see it is like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. I guess if there was like protest from the opposing team, then they would, you know, make a bigger deal about it. Right. Well, it was Honduras, and I, and I think they lost. <laughs> They said something the other night, Joel, about, about Honduras that, that shot, shocked me. Honduras hasn't won a Gold Cup game. They, they've they've like gotten like 10 in a row without winning in the Gold Cup, Honduras. Ah, oh, man, I don't know what the hell happened to Honduras, man. They, they've they always had good players. And... They, have, they have good players now. <laughs> I mean, but, but, I mean, before before they had players that were like in Serie A, you had Pavon scoring regularly in Liga MX. You know, they they had uh, stronger presence. Uh, yeah, Carlo, Carlo, you know, for years I called him Carlos Costa. Apparently it was just Carlo Costa. I had no idea. But, but you know, he made, he made Ochoa look bad in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the World Cup qualified. Now they just, they're just, they're just not, 
for whatever reason they just they just can't uh, they, uh, they 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 can't uh, get it going and I I don't know if they're gonna you know if uh, you know Canada for the last couple of World Cup uh, cycles has had to play Honduras in Honduras to to make it to the hex and in 2014 they lost eight zero and then in the last one I forget what 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 the, what the score was but they ended up losing as well so so that, that that's been their big that's been the, the piedra and the zapato for canada is uh <laughs> going honduras going to that is going, for, going from the cold to that tropical heat right which is bad for humidity us. you know as 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 people in the press you know we want to we, we want to go to vancouver we don't want to go to san pedro no, no again nothing against san pedro so, Nothing against their lack of Wi-Fi. Yeah, but uh, Vancouver <laughs> is, uh, you know, is, 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 is a pretty cool city, and uh, if you get a chance to go there for the uh, for for World Cup qualifying, then uh, and I got to tell you, I, I, th- I think Canada is it's going to be it's going to be a tough place to play when uh, when uh, teams uh, have to well are going to have to deal with that and then the hex it's they you know they're not going to be uh, and especially like if you know if the hex like is in like february march or whatever it is you know if i were canada you know let's not play in, in, in comfy bc place in vancouver let's go play in winnipeg where it's going to be 10 degrees you know let's you know they they, they can certainly uh ratchet up the uh, the home field advantage when it comes to the weather so they 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 certainly have some possibilities there as uh as well so I, 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 I landed this morning uh, here, and uh, I was able to uh, check into my room a little early, so I was able to you – know, I had to get up at the – I wouldn't tell you how early I had to get up this morning, but it was early. The crack of dawn. Not even. The dawn, <laughs> happened, dawn happened while I was on the plane. Oh. Yeah, it was, it, it was early. So I get to the stadium, and, it, and it's, it's – you know, it, it, it's hot, but it's not Texas hot. It's, it's like in the 80s. But, you know, I still – you know, I'm not going to show up at the at, – at, at, you know, we're in, in the press box wearing shorts and a t-shirt. You know, I, you know, wear you know, long pants and a nice shirt. But I, I was sweating bullets. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I just sweat a lot anyway. And of course, I'm carrying a little like, well, I'm carrying some extra weight. So they did this thing, Hoel, which uh, which is just just made no sense to me. So I had to pick up my credential on the north end of the stadium, but I couldn't enter the stadium unless I had to go. I had to go all the way around, all the way around. It's like why couldn't they do it in the same place? So it took me 15 minutes to walk to the stadium, another 10 minutes to walk around the stadium. And of course, by the time I get to the press box, I am just I'm just sopping wet. I mean, I, I sweat through both my shirts, you know, my my pants, you know, my and I think my chonis are still wet from from all the sweat. Oh man! Just yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. But I will say this: that you know, as far as the organization, you know, over the this has I think been either my fifth or my sixth Gold Cup. It has changed so much since. You know, I mean, I was thinking about uh, you know, you, even the stadiums they use in the past, where like it's like a, it's like a half baseball stadium, or you know, <laughs> team forming up in the outfield. And, yeah. You know, and you know they they're playing on these awful fields, and you know wherever it is, and like they'd send Mexico to New York and to this other place, and it's like, and it's I mean it's 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 I mean they they have really they have really stepped up. They had a, in the mix zone the night. They had you know at the press conference. And then they had a, in, the, in the mix zone. They had like the rights holders, so that you know those guys could could could. Uh, and then the players would have would have to stop at the rights holders, which I get it. They're the rights holders. They they they, they you know they're paying a lot of money, so they, they should get first crack. And the players you know should have the obligation to stop there. And I'm totally fine with that. And then they had like a little group for us, for, like for the quote unquote print media. 
So that was like, you know, instead of I mean, you've been to the mix zone before where there's like a thousand people, you know, you know, sticking a microphone in yes. his face. Uh, you know, there was like six of us. So I was I was actually able to have, a, you know, some nice conversations with some players. Uh, uh, and, and I don't have the audio with me, but I was able to talk to, you know, Cesar Montes and, uh, and, 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 uh, and Charlie Rodriguez about, you know, what, what Tata talked to. Like I said, Tata was throwing the word distraction around. Uh, left and right, so I, you know, I asked them both about it, and uh, you know, they, they had that, and then they had, then they walked over to the to the other, you know, the the TV cameras of the non rights holders. So it was, it, it was set up extremely well. And Mexico started doing this thing, where instead of where you have all the players uh, walk through the mix zone and they all stop and whatever it is, and sometimes they don't want to do it, they're now just sending five guys. So they, you know, they designate these five guys are going to be in the mix zone. So these five guys, and and and, and it works out, and it works so well because. And, and then they just rotate the guys that way. Not everyone has to do it. Like Andres Guardado's walking by, like, you know, giving guys wet willies and stuff. You know, he's kind of joking around because he didn't have to do the mix on thing. So, you know, he just walks right through and everyone understands that he's just going to walk through. And, uh, you know, everyone's kids. So, so the, the organization of, of the Gold Cup has improved dramatically. Another thing that uh, I was able to talk to Arch Bell, who uh, works for uh, the, the website at Gonka Coffee. He lives in Austin as a friend of the show. They've actually started chartering flights for for teams, and so instead of having to fly commercial like they did in the past, they uh, they have a couple of chartered planes, and so they go from site to site, which is which, well, which is great. It did cause a problem for Mexico, which probably should have mentioned, uh, where they ended up being stuck. Right. Right. What happened was, uh, so they have two chartered planes, but one of them was had issues. So, and of course, you know, they're flying from Denver to Charlotte, which is at least a four or five hour flight. So what ended up happening was the first flight left Denver, drops off everybody in Charlotte. It had to go back to Denver to pick every, to pick Mexico up and then fly Mexico back to Charlotte. They got it like at four or five in the morning because of that. So that, 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 that and, and Arch, Arch was like, he said, thank God I was on the first plane. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so uh, so the organization of the Gold Cup Hoyle has, has improved has improved dramatically over over the past uh, you know at least at least in the, in the ten years that I've been that I, that that I've been uh, uh, covering it. So it's certainly uh, you know and 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 that's how it should be Hoyle. It should should be uh, you know if you're gonna if you if you want this to be a, a an important international tournament and you have to treat it as an important international tournament and i think a concacaf is 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 definitely doing that so i'm you know i i'm very quick to point out a lot of the flaws that concacaf has but i think that over, over the past four or five years really ever since some of the uh less savory types have uh, been involved i think concacaf has, has has really improved dramatically as far as the administration and organization of what it is that they're trying to do. And, you know, ultimately for them, you know, the goal is to, is to raise a level of play uh, for everybody. So, you know, if that does happen, then Mexico won't be as, uh, as hamstrung when they, when they play. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I can see it happening with the league of nations cup that, that is going to help at least the countries that are taking it serious or taking advantage. So we could put Panama to that list. Right, um, you know, with the team that in the past years they they built a stadium and and you know they ended up going to a World Cup and and they replaced teams like Guate and El Salvador, you know, right. as far as becoming a hex regular. 
Um, are they even in the Gold Cup, John? I haven't they are. heard anything. They're, they are in the oh. U.S. group, and they're they are they play the U.S. for for first place on uh, Wednesday. So the U.S. plays Panama uh, for for first place. Yeah. And the way that the Gold Cup is structured, and I think that this is still, I think, a kind of a, a goofy little thing, but but the A's and B's, so it's Mex- the Mexico Costa Rica groups play each other until they get to the final. So the quarterfinals are like A1 versus B2 and B1 versus A2. And then the winners of that play each other in the semis. So there's no cruces other than just the A and the B. So the, so the U.S. has uh, – so the, like it'll be the U.S., Panama. And then right now it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's Jamaica and you know, maybe, maybe Curaçao. Uh, Curaçao plays Jamaica. So if they tie, and this is, this this is going to be so typical of what's going to here's what's going to happen, Hoyt. Jamaica and Curaçao are going to tie. So Curaçao is going to have four points, and uh, they're going to have four points, but they're going to be tied with El Salvador. Also has four, but El Salvador is going to lose to Honduras, so they're going to have a worse goal differential than than Curaçao, and Curaçao is going to end up uh, is going to end up going through, and they're going to play the U.S. in the uh, in the quarterfinals. And then Jamaica will play uh, Panama in the other in the other quarterfinal. And Mexico, like I said, will in all likelihood play Haiti, and Costa Rica will all, in all likelihood play uh, Canada. And, and frankly, the, those are you know right now as it stands probably the eight strongest teams in uh, in Concacaf. So you would expect that out of those eight teams, we're going to see the six members of the hex for the uh, for the upcoming. World Cup, which they haven't announced how they're going to do qualifying for that. And I was talking to Arch about that. And, you know, the fact that that, that, that we, we still don't have a uh, a World Cup logo, it's, it's making me wonder what's going on with uh, with, with Qatar 2022 because I have well, a feeling yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, there's been talk they want to, you know, take it away. And uh, they could just give it to the U.S., you know. It's not going to be the U.S. because the U.S. has it in 26. It's what's going to it's going to, it's going to be either France. Uh, you don't think they could be like you know we could handle it. Yeah, or... but I mean, Germany can handle it. France can handle it. Spain can handle it. England can handle it. Because the U.S. Well, England, is... England was the big loser of the Qatar one, where well they lost is... the Russia one. That, that they were the big losers of the Russia. Oh, it wasn't against Qatar. The U.S. lost against Qatar. That's what launched the investigations. Uh, but I remember um, England, England as well was like, you know, they wanted they wanted to launch investigations. Right. Well, they wanted 2018, uh, and, and Russia ended up getting that. But remember, they awarded them on the same day. The 2018 and 2022 were awarded on the same day. Oh, there you go. There you go, Yon, with the clarifications. Yeah. Um, damn. Damn. I wouldn't mind if it went to Europe. Uh, not Russia, though. <laughs> Hopefully not, because the way the World Cup's designed is to milk you, man. They will suck you dry of all your shekels because the way they'll schedule Mexico is they'll, they'll put them so far, they'll put all the games so far from each other. Right. You have to fly and, and have... when. So I went to Germany. I was in Germany 06, um, and... I w- because Germany is not that big of a country, I was still able to catch a train back to wherever I was at. Right. Even if it was two, three hours, but it was cheaper than keep getting flights and and, and hotels. 
because hotels on the day of match day like four or five hundred bucks a night. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Uh, if it would have cost you a hundred, now it's like five hundred. So that's the thing about the World Cup, man. That's that's been my turn off, and that's why I didn't care to go to like South Africa and Russia just because I knew how big those countries are. And I just, I don't like traveling. I just, I can't do it, you know? Right. No, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I just I, can't see myself doing and, these and long that, that, four-hour flights. With, with the U.S. I mean, if they're going to have the World Cup in the U.S., then they have to kind of, you know, and I think this was a problem with Brazil, too. You know, I think Andrea Pilo talked about it. He said, you know, this World Cup is like, it's like there's two World Cups going on. There's a World Cup in, you know, in the north part of the country where it's super hot. And you know the, the games are totally different than what's going on in the southern, the south part of the country. Like Mexico themselves, they were stationed in Sao Paulo, which is you know way in the southern part. Of, and, and they had, out of the four games they played, three of them were up in the north. So they'd have to fly six hours just to play the game. Yeah, no, six hours was just terrible, man. Um, I mean, in so, one of them, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, they actually stayed in Cameroon's or, 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 or Ghana's uh, comp compound, so that they wouldn't have to do the travel. You know, the, so that they wouldn't have to travel again. Because it was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So in a place like England, you could just catch trains or drive. Right. Get in a caravan and, and then that's it. Just you're in that whatever, you know, or, or you could just go to some smaller town and, and try to spend the night there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure our good friend, Mr. Marshall, and also Numeritos Harrison would would love it if it was in England. Yeah, um, no, it's, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, and honestly, I, I, I think that that's what that's what's going to happen. I, I think it's going to end up being in England. Is what I think. Well, let us let us see, let us see, and I might have to start. I don't know. I wasn't planning on this, Yon. No, oh. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's getting it's getting to be the hour, Yon. You got a good six minutes. Uh, six minutes. I think we got ten minutes. Hoyle, you have ten minutes. Ten. Oh yeah, yeah. My phone. My phone is. Yeah, you're. Is is four minutes up? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, damn. So this isn't gold cup related. No. I don't know if you want to hear about it. It's pretty tragic. Oh, you're talking about uh, what happened in Guadalajara this morning? Yes, it's pretty sad to read about it, and it's like, damn. It's uh, with uh, one of uh, Mexico's uh, promesas, Joao Malek. And he got wasted last night. He was at some club and he he ended up crashing the car. And it was a couple that were going to get married on that day. Ugh. Yeah, they even have pictures of the wedding invites. And uh, ouch. Took both of them out. Oh yeah, they killed them both. Killed them both. Yeah, and it's a young kid, so who knows how this is going to affect his career? Well, his, his career's over. I mean, there's. You you oh, think so? I yeah. mean, because Max is. You know, I, I know that especially in this country, in the United States, you know, people are really cavalier with, with, uh, you know, especially with you know with gun culture. Like you know, you know, if someone comes over to my house, I'll blow them away and this and that. Really, really, you're really, you're really gonna gonna take somebody's life. You know, even even if even if you do do that defending yourself, I mean, just imagine how how much of that's gonna just weigh on you for the rest of your life that you took somebody else's life. 
and then and then and now 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 put yourself in the shoes of, of a 20 year old kid who did that driving under the influence and how i mean just just how 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 you know just how absolutely devastating that you know just the whole incident is and then and then to have that weigh on him for the rest of his life that that, that he and that he took two people's lives his career is over i mean he, his career is over it's over ouch there's I, if he comes back from it, it would be an incredible. But I mean, I mean, first of all, he has some legal issues he has to deal with because I mean, he, you know, he killed people driving drunk. So you know, he's going to have to, you know, deal with the law there. And I'm not sure how strict the uh, drunk driving laws are in Mexico, but yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it it is. You're absolutely right. It's absolutely tragic. And uh, boy, this is one thing that I have never understood about. Especially athletes, or you know, you know, people that have money in situations. If you're going to be that wasted, what on earth are you doing driving? What are you doing? What, what, what you know, call an Uber, call a service. You know, don't, don't even don't even drive to the club. Have someone take you to the club. Why put yourself in that situation? I've never understood why people who are who are of means. Yeah, very careless, very careless, and young guy, and he was in Europe, I believe he was in Sevilla in one of the lower division teams. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's he had good projection, uh, and there, that's it. That might be all she wrote. Uh, so yeah, chances are, what what do you say, John? Ninety-five percent odds that this is it for Mr. Malek. I, I just I just don't see how you could come back from that, and you know again this is why I, why it's it's very hard for 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 anybody to you know when they want to like project out you know players that are seventeen eighteen nineteen years old that they're gonna be you know this and that I mean you 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 just never know and again this could happen anybody so I'm not saying specifically you know, for this age group but you you just never know how things are gonna turn out. Which is why it, it's so hard for me to have any kind of, you know, to pin any kind of hopes on, you know, some seventeen-year like like the kid right now at LA Galaxy. He's having a, you know, he's a he's a great player now, and and and, and you know, hopefully things work out for him. But you know, sometimes things don't work out for seventeen-year-olds, and you know, they could already peak, or whatever the case may be. And which is why you know you need a hundred seventeen-year-olds instead of, you know, like like Freddie Adu. I remember when Freddie Dew was coming out, all these all these guys talking about how great he is, this and that, and you know I was just he was like he was like he's gonna you know change the face of American soccer and all that just going on. And I was thinking he's fourteen, you know how on earth are you gonna? There's no yeah. way. There's no way to know that that's they, gonna they happen. They had him film a commercial with Pele. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. It was it was a commercial, like a Sprite uh, or Seven Up or something like, like that. Diet Slice. Oh, it was nice. <laughs> and then they had him at a late night talk show where he took off his T-shirt while balancing the ball in his head and back. But yeah, it was it was too soon for that for a kid like that to. Well, that's to... just that. But the thing is, Joel, is is you know if you look at like countries like Brazil or Argentina or Uruguay, even Uruguay, they have like fifty Frediados that don't that, that don't even make squads. <laughs> they, they, they don't even make the U seventeen. Yeah, I mean, and and but for a lot of like South American teams, even debuting at sixteen, and, and it's you're not really gonna really gonna make national news over there, right? 
you know, because it's pretty common. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's just, it's just not that big a deal. And I mean, I even even in the 2011 Gold Cup when Freddie Adu was, you know, he played Mexico in the in that final. And I remember clearly reading the uh, uh, Sports Illustrated that Grant Wall wrote an article. You know, Mexico, you know, kicks U.S.'s ass up and down the field, especially you know, they go up, the U.S. goes up to zero. But after then, it was all Mexico. I mean, they they could have won five six two easily. And so he and so his piece was on oh Freddie Adu's. It, it was a puff piece on Freddie instead of instead of a, a major indictment on the fact that the U.S. you know had lost in the last two Gold Cups by a combined score of nine to two. Yeah, so arch rival. I think that that to me would be a bigger story. But you know that that's the problem with with American media when it comes to soccer is that they just you know they they so desperately want the men to be good that they just they 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 so often. Well, I think we've we've seen it more critical now with this. You know, the, in the the final days of uh, of Klinsman and and then with this, what is it, Beer Halter? Um, I think I've seen I've seen. Well, I don't think I've seen I've seen uh, especially because of social media now. So now it allows more people to have a voice as opposed to before when you just had a a few places that would give someone like an editorial. Right, uh, Grant Wall being one of them with Sports Illustrated, and you had like USA Today, and like you said, they were all puff pieces, and they were all those feel good stories, and, and it was pretty much devoid of any actual criticism. But I, I think I, 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 there I go saying think again. No, I, I've been seeing lately. Well, I mean, at least a few years back, where where just it's been a bit more. There's been more criticism, more pushback. Right, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, case in point. I remember, I think before that, before that Gold Cup, they played Spain in in a game, and they just got the Spain. You know, this back when Spain had, you know, Xavi, and they just they were just clearly, you know, superiorly the best team on the planet, and they just destroyed the U.S. Just absolutely, just just wiped, just wiped them out. And so the story was, well, they probably, you know, they were like. Well, you know, maybe, maybe they probably shouldn't have played Spain. It was just like, come on, just, just admit the fact that that, that <laughs> they were nowhere near the level of Spain. You know, I know that they'd beaten them in the 09 Confed Cup, which was like one of the luckiest games I'd ever seen. But you know, just, but you're right though, they have been a little more critical. And even when they would like the first time there was a critical piece written, I remember Hercules Gomez was like, the, you know, you know, thank God, he was so happy about it. Because it's like, because he was like, you know, finally they're they're starting to treat us like like a normal sports team, you know, that is, you know, that that is not above reproach. He was right, you know, and and I feel bad for the U.S. team right now because you know they're they're for whatever reason they have to be be compared to the women, you know, where 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 the women are are are, are, clear, are clearly the best women's team in the you know on on the planet, and they and they have maybe two teams. Maybe three that that could give them any kind of game. Period. Yeah, and compared to uh, like just the amount of resources they're in the U.S. Right. Like the amount of teams that you could play in, at least when you're younger, from from high school to collegiate and, and the universities, it's just overall way more, way more uh, women playing, and way more opportunities, and a lot more competitive. 
competitive games to play overall. Sure. I mean, I mean, women's women's soccer in this country is heavily subsidized by by your tax dollar. Yeah. Which is which is more than I can say for just about any other country, and that's just real. And that and that's fine. You know, you know, then it then it should be. If that's the case, then you know that should be one of the best teams in the world. But you know, let's let let, let let's not compare it to the men because the men have you know so much more competition that it's that it's just not that there is no comparison. I mean, I mean, the men have more competition in their region than the women have in the entire world. <laughs> It is, it is true, man. It is true. Um, yeah, in the region, uh, the 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 team that gives them that's been giving them the most fight has been Mexico, and that's with a bunch of a bunch of players from the U. <laughs> with, yeah, and, and, with, and, and even with that, I mean, I know that Canada gives them a little more, you know, for the women on the women's side. But yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just no, it is no comparison. I mean, the women for 20, 30 years now have been playing, you know, they are a varsity team playing junior high teams. And then, and yeah, then, the, the, yeah, I remember the female US Mex games and they would always like slaughter Mex. And then Mexico finally started evening things out, but half of the players were all born in the right. US. Right. Yeah, they, all, they, all, they, all, they all played <laughs> college in the US. I mean, the U.S. college system is 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 what has what has given the the, the U.S. women a, a huge edge. I mean, it's certainly not the you know, and then you know, I know that they have their professional league, but you know, it's it, it, it it's been getting them to the professional league that that has made the difference because they're a lot more polished, you know, than some of the other teams. But but that that's going to change. We that was another thing that Archer had that that change that's going to change too. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, the U.S. Uh, I'm not saying that the U.S. women are not going no longer going to be dominant. But they're going to be very dominant, but they're, it's no longer going to be them against, you know, you know, out of a 24 team tournament where they're clearly superior to 22 teams. You know, they might be, you know, moving forward, maybe clearly superior to like maybe 16 teams. I think that there's going to be a, it's going to be a much more balanced uh, for, for them uh, moving forward than. Uh, than, than, than it is. Hold on, I think it's past your bedtime. I think we need to we need to wrap it up. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, Max going up against Haiti. Um, predictions, Yon? Well, I think that uh, the, it will be Haiti, and they'll be playing in Houston. And I think that uh, the, 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 that that is going to is going to get the message across. If he if he hasn't already, uh, they're going to. I think they're going to be playing with a little more seriousness because it is going to be the knockouts, and uh, I, I do expect Mexico to uh, to make it to the uh, semifinals without any problem. And uh, so they should they, they should they should just coast coast on through to the semifinals. I agree, I agree, and I expect to see uh, more concentration in the next match. Uh, no Absolutely. more pussyfooting. No more hot dogging. No more. Uh, you know, trying to make the the fancy pass and the other stuff. Just you know, just like they did against Cuba. Just 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 get the you know, just get. It doesn't have to be pretty. Just get the goal. You know, they were trying to impress the judges a little too much. I think, Hoa. they just need to you know, they need to forget that you, know, you don't have to go status in time so much. You just have to you just have to score. You know, get the goals. Yeah, I, I would leave that G of the three Gs of Gustav. Uh, Goliari ganar, I'll leave the Gustar one to the yeah, end. Exactly. It's the one that's least important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, 
Yeah. Um, so one week, man. We have one week to go. Um, and I guess the news leading up to that week is going to all be on uh, La Stufa. Uh, teams, Liga MX teams still still building for the next for the next um, tournament. And there's there's some uh, friendlies that they're lining up already. I know Chivas will be playing um, River Plate on the 26th. That's right. And then the league starts, uh, you know, in mid-July, which we will uh, be a part of. And, you know, and I'm sure that Joel, when we have our podcast again on uh, on Thursday night, we, we will have ample reasons to, over the next few days, to uh, to, to play this. Because I'm sure oh. that the will, uh, will find some reason. Uh, I, th- I think they, they've come down. I was at the Twitter sphere, and uh, I, I don't see much of the outrage anymore. Well, just you know, just give it time. Just give it time, because they'll have some. They'll have something to uh, to get them upset. Between them. <laughs> to get them upset. All right, Joel. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure, John. And uh, thank you, the the listener, for joining us. It's been it's been a very uh, busy day here uh, on the Cantina side. We were on the on the Twitter almost all day, except for when I was uh, napping. But uh, I'm glad that you guys were able to join us here on the podcast, and we'll do this again on Thursday. And uh, we will uh, we'll have a preview of what's happening over the weekend and we'll wrap up the gold cup and like Juan said we'll get into some estufa talk but for Juan Aceves my name is John Jagu this has been the Cantina Mekis podcast and we will talk to you guys again later this week <laughs> <laughs>